Welcome to our podcast, produced by the International Hospital Federation through its special interest group on telehealth, sponsored by Teladoc Health. This podcast aims to shed light on the role of telemedicine in the transition to net zero healthcare, using the expertise, knowledge, and insights of IHF members. We will discuss the opportunities, challenges, and practical implications for hospital leaders of using telemedicine to reduce the carbon footprint of their hospitals. And to host this episode, we have Ed Percy, HHS Vice President EMEA of Teladoc Health. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, wherever you are in the IHF firmament, and welcome to our podcast. I will be your host for this episode. At Teladoc Health, we believe everyone should have access to the best healthcare anywhere in the world and on their terms. Today, we're delivering on our mission by providing whole person virtual care. That includes primary care, mental health, chronic condition management, and more in all parts of the globe. But in addition to providing exceptional care quality, extending the reach and accessibility of care, and enhancing health outcomes, we also see an important role for telemedicine in reducing the carbon footprint of healthcare. But what does this look like in reality? And how can we even measure the impact telemedicine is having on carbon emissions? I'm looking forward to discussing these questions and more with our guest speakers. And can I please ask you to introduce yourselves? Hi, my name is Hisham Abdelafar. I am a professor of information-driven healthcare at the American University in Cairo. I am also the head of the health informatics department at the MUST University, where I also run its sustainability compliant unit. I am also a board member of the Telemedicine Overview Committee, which is a government committee led by the government of Egypt to establish the new telemedicine and digital health law. I am also a health tech serial entrepreneur and run an angel investment group in MENA region, which is Middle East and North Africa, specialized in health tech and deep tech. Thank you very much for having me. Shukran, Dr. Hesham, and nice to meet you. Uh, Sonia. Hello, I'm Sonia Roshnik, and I'm the executive director at the Geneva Sustainability Center. We're a core part of the IHF, and our mission is really to support exactly what Ed was saying, to deliver better quality healthcare through sustainable practices so that we can do it within planetary boundaries. I'm really looking forward to our conversation today, and I hope you'll enjoy it too. Thank you, Sonia. As we all know, the COVID-19 pandemic rapidly transformed the use of telemedicine globally, as healthcare providers came to rely on it to maintain the continuity of care. In many places, it has become a standard model of care, and we have seen benefits in terms of reduced costs, improved access, better patient experiences, and a reduction in waiting times and no-shows. However, it also has another important role to play as we move towards net zero healthcare. Sonia, perhaps you could start by situating telemedicine within the broader approaches to net zero healthcare. 
Thank you. That's an incredibly good question. We all know clearly that, you know, the climate crisis is very much a health crisis. It impacts on people's health and it's going to impact on health services. And so we really need to be looking in great detail at the way we deliver care to be able to understand how we can improve quality of care and reduce our impact on the environment. And what we often don't realize is that healthcare globally is as impactful as both the aviation sector and the shipping sector put together. It's more than 5% of global emissions. So we really have our role to play in doing that. And what we know from roadmaps that have been developed for decarbonization is that this includes lots of things we all know and talk about, like moving to renewable energy or reducing waste. But what we also know is that we really need to dig into the very way we deliver care if we really want to reduce the carbon footprint. Because the way we do that impacts on buildings, on travel, and the way people can support themselves in their own lives and communities with their conditions. So all that to say that pathways of care are a fundamental component of how we transition to lower carbon services and a more resilient future. And telemedicine, as Ed has highlighted, has so much to offer and is clearly part of the solution. So we'll no doubt need to be doing more and more in time and exploring how we can do that to best effect. So one of the things that I find exceptionally uh, hopeful with what happened with COVID is actually now we know how that we can change when we really need to, when we, the squeeze is on. There's so many services that within a week or two or three transitioned completely from face-to-face -face appointments to virtual calls. So we've got the additional benefit now of knowing that if we really use telemedicine well, we can do the change effectively. And I find that very encouraging. Very interesting for that perspective. Thank you, Sonia. Dr. Hisham, could you please give us an overview of some of the opportunities telemedicine has provided in your country and region in the net zero journey? Well, thank you very much for the question. I also resonate very well with the statement that climate crisis is a health crisis. This resonates deeply with me and many of my peers in Egypt as we are experiencing a very unusually hot summer this year in Cairo, where temperature is reaching 47 degrees in the shades. Indeed, the magnitude of the carbon footprint and healthcare necessitate an urgent response. But let me first emphasize that the healthcare was, if it was a country, it would be the first largest green gas emitter. And while telemedicine can play an important role in reducing the carbon footprint of healthcare, yet we have to put in consideration the fact that health informatics is responsible alone for 30% of the worldwide total data load. And consequently, we will need to carefully balance between telemedicine or more broadly, digital health benefits and the cost on the environment. Regarding MENA region, which is Middle East and North Africa, we have three leading countries in when it comes to telemedicine and digital health. We have my home country, Egypt, with about 105 million citizens, and it's very complicated and challenging healthcare system, which is currently under complete revamption with an introduction of the new universal health insurance law. We have Saudi Arabia with about 35 million citizens and its huge unlimited modernization budget expansion 
as per its 2030 vision, including providing world-class healthcare system. And finally, we have UAE, United Arab Emirates, with all, which already have a very mature, established, modern world-class healthcare system competing on international standard and catering for about 9 million citizens and double that, let's just say, 18 million in tourists. If we speak about Egypt, the government of Egypt started its telemedicine pilot project back in 2008 in cooperation with one of the leading teaching hospitals, which is Qasr uh, al School of Medicine, which is actually my alma mater. It started with going to one of the very remote places in Cairo, which is the, the Siwa Oasis, which is uh, the oasis in the African West Desert of Egypt, with a population of 23,000 people. Another pilot project was done in 2013 in Nubia, Aswan in Egypt, which is catered for about 50,000 patients. And uh, this uh, two project, two pilot project was very successful, which led the government to adopt about 300 telemedicine units nationwide run by the Ministry of Health in cooperation with various teaching hospitals. But all that is was just scratching the surface. It, we had to have COVID-19 for telemedicine to really boom in our part of the world when most of the private hospitals and the, the uh, physicians in their home clinics uh, started to adopt telemedicine, especially in a country like Egypt where 60% of healthcare is still paid directly from the pocket. So this has a dramatic effect making the adoption of telemedicine a mainstream. Unfortunately, the regulator were lagging behind as usual and also the insurance companies. And although we have uh, very more than hundreds of uh, telemedicine and digital health providers, yet we are still drafting Telemedicine and Digital Health Act, which will be coming soon, maybe in a year or so. Oh, thank you, Dr. Hasham, for that overview. You know, some of the countries you just talked about there, Egypt and Saudi Arabia, enormous geographies, with a very interesting mix of hyper-urban, like Cairo and Riyadh, and hyper-rural, where care needs to be delivered nonetheless. And consider the distances that pregnant women have to travel for a scan. It could be an anatomy scan, it could be a date scan, it could be a fetal medicine appointment. And how almost this entire interaction can be delivered virtually. Dr. Ivar Mendez in Canada, in the province of Saskatchewan, has been using a robot to remotely operate an ultrasound probe and streaming those scans directly over the Teladoc network. And he uses this to support the delivery of perinatal or antenatal care for Indigenous women in the north of Saskatchewan and hopefully across all of the northern Canadian provinces. And this has a dramatic implication for carbon footprint of indigenous care, where normally women are flown south to have these scans undertaken. But as we also seek to provide our clinical teams with a better work-life balance, virtual care can support this transition by reducing the amount of travel our talented clinicians undertake. In, in almost every country in the world, clinicians are flying large distances either to, to transfer or prepare a patient for transfer back to their own centre or to deliver outreach programmes. And this is in countries as diverse as Oman, Australia, Saudi Arabia, etc. 
And nowhere is this more apparent than in mission-based healthcare, where organizations in high-resource countries are delivering through NGOs clinical care into low and middle resource countries. And working with the World Telehealth Initiative out of Santa Barbara, California, we've seen some incredible clinical engagements undertaken entirely virtually, pre and post operative appointments for women with complex bladder fistula repair surgery requirements being delivered from Texas into sub-Saharan Africa. And whilst the surgeons will still fly into Africa to undertake the surgery and to do training, it also ensures that so much more can be delivered in that period of time. So bearing in mind the opportunities that telemedicine offers, Dr. Hesham, it's important to consider the challenges hospital leaders encounter in using virtual care as a way to reduce carbon emissions. Culturally, receiving care in a virtual mode can be difficult for patients. And similarly for clinicians, the arrival of a senior colleague remotely can create some challenges and friction. And I wonder, Dr. Hersham, if you could reflect on how to overcome some of these cultural barriers within your region. Thank you very much, Adia. Very interesting question. The cultural barrier is a very important issue that face. And you have given a very interesting example when the senior doctor comes through the the network through the video and consult with the junior doctor and the friction that it causes. But there are also other challenges, especially in our part of the of the world, that also would like to draw the attention to it. Besides the issue of the culture, I would like to draw the attention to the infrastructure and investment. Rolling out telemedicine on a large scale necessitates significant infrastructure development, from high speed internet connection to secure platforms that protect patient data. The initial cost can be doubting in many hospitals, especially if this is an underdeveloped or developed country. Training and adoption for a system to be very reliant on technology, there is a steep learning curve involved. Hospital staff, particularly those who have relied on traditional methods for years, may find it challenging to adopt quickly. And then you have the quality of, uh, of care concerns, very high concerns of the quality of care. One of the primary concerns revolve around the potential compromise in the quality of care. Physician examination, physical examination, for example, are limited. And without tactile feedback, diagnosis can become challenging in some cases. You have also the regulatory and the legal issues. Different regions have their own sets of regulation concerning telemedicine. Look at France, for example. You cannot perform a telemedicine to a patient that you didn't see physically in the beginning. So it can be a second consultation, but can never be a first consultation. And this is happening in France, in the heart of Europe, not in some other countries where it is less developed. So the regulator and legal issues is also an important problem. And you have also the access disparities. While telemedicine can bridge healthcare gap, it can also inadvertently widen them. Not even patient has access to necessary technology or stable internet connection, which poses a risk of leaving certain demographic behind. And then finally, as you said, the cultural acceptance. In American culture, 
the face-to-face -face interaction with a doctor holds significant value. Moving this experience online might not always be well received by many patients, but all this have changed dramatically after the COVID-19. COVID-19 was a totally game change and everybody realized that it is possible to deliver a very well care to the patient in, in good quality through the telemedicine. So telemedicine was a game changer and it has changed the mindset, including the culture in many places. Thank you, Dr. Hisham. It is fascinating, the sheer breadth, variety and scale of challenges that we face in driving virtual care. But it, it's almost like we have no choice in terms of that transformation having to take place. Uh, healthcare is the last of the great supply-driven industries. You know, your access as a patient to healthcare is, is mediated through the people who deliver the service. And every other industry today exposes services and data to people as consumers 24 hours a day. And I think this is the fundamental challenge. And virtual care telemedicine is a lever to affect that challenge. Sonia, a key challenge for us all is how to measure the impact telemedicine is having on the carbon footprint of healthcare systems. And perhaps you can share your thoughts on some of the factors involved. Thank you. I mean, you're right. We're, we're talking about this being a fantastic lever for the transition to a lower carbon and more resilient healthcare system. We really do need to be able to measure the impact both positive and negative on carbon emissions. So some, are, are, like in every walk of life, some things are much easier to measure than others. We know, you know, like you mentioned, the, the change in kilometres travelled, so the fact that a patient maybe doesn't have to fly across Canada to, for an appointment, those kind of things are much easier to measure. The same with maybe the fact that if you're doing a lot more telemedicine, you might have more space in your buildings that you can use for other things. They are um, so you could make a more efficient use of your buildings, have more patients through, for instance, if you turn them into wards, for instance. And then we also need to remember that there's the impact that Dr. Hesham talked about of actually the whole setup, both hardware and software of the sort of systems that would support this. And we would need to really make sure that we bear that in mind as well. Some of it we can measure, others is a little bit harder. But, you know, if you think of it from the patient wearable devices to the energy that's required to fuel the software to all of the devices we use, we would need to really think through how we do that in a non-wasteful way with the ability to recuperate materials and build that into a circular economy kind of approach, because otherwise we'll end up with this huge IT data, you know, waste uh, setup. But there's also some harder to measure components, which I think are equally important. And I'm sure that in time, we'll get better at doing this. And some of that comes from the, the, the sort of added health benefits of, for instance, that example of that woman not having to travel for an appointment for her maternity appointment. And those things are a little bit harder to measure. But we also would need to try and calculate the sort of reduced need for medicalized input, because maybe somebody is getting is able to be more independent at home. I'm thinking of older people who might be supported with different setups in terms of telemedicine and who are able to stay much longer independently and healthier in their own homes. And those aspects are harder to measure. I'm sure we'll get better at it over time, but it means that really the impact that telemedicine can have 
is really in multiple dimensions. And if we really wanted to capture it well, we would pull all those together. So that's the beginning of an answer, really. No, no, excellent. Thank you, Sonia. There's definitely something in this concept of a state release. As healthcare organisations and systems are seeking to reduce the total cost of ownership of healthcare, virtualizing, for example, outpatients and freeing up building, those buildings could also just be released into the local community for other services reduces the amount of air conditioning and lighting, et cetera, et cetera. So there's so many different ways that, that we can calculate the benefits. But as you also say, there's an also a total cost of ownership in the computer supply chain, et cetera. Really interesting. Dr. Hisham, maybe you could share your experiences of measuring reductions in carbon emissions through virtual care in your region. Absolutely, Ed. Measuring the impact of telemedicine on the carbon footprint on healthcare is indeed a multifaceted challenge. Here are some primary factors and considerations to take into account. Direct carbon saving. This can be calculated by looking at the reduction in the patient and healthcare provider travel. Consider the average distance a patient travels for an appointment, the mode of transportation used, and the average emission per mile or kilometer. Then multiply this by the number of telemedicine appointments to get an estimate. It's only become cost-effective when the telehealth replaces local trips for at least 7.2 kilometers or at least 4 miles. So if your patient is traveling less than 4 miles, this is not going to add up. Infrastructure energy saving. While fewer patients coming in, there is potential decrease in energy consumption of the healthcare facility. This encompasses everything from lighting to heating to the operation of medical equipments. By assessing energy usage before and after the introduction of telemedicine, we can gain insight into energy saving. Supply chain reduction. Telemedicine might lead to a fewer consumable being used, for example, fewer gloves, fewer paper consumable if patient can't sign in physically or even reduce wear and tear in the furniture and the equipment. There are also indirect impacts. Fewer in-person visits might lead to reduced needs for associated services like cafeteria, operation, cleaning services, and more. While these might seem minor, they can accumulate over time. But you also have to offset that by the digital infrastructure. It is an important factor in the energy consumption of a digital infrastructure that support telemedicine, servers, cloud systems, and such. Devices are for both the patient and the consuming uh, that consume energy. You have the long-term versus the short-term impact. While the immediate reduction in carbon emission can be calculated, the long-term implications such as reduced wear or infrastructure leading to fewer building projects or renovation can be hardly to quantify. In essence, while we can start by measuring the direct carbon saving from reduced commute, a comprehensive assessment requires a holistic view, accounting for both tangible and intangible factors. Robust data collection coupled with advanced analytics will be pivotal in getting an accurate measurement of the telemedicine impact. Fascinating overview. Thanks very much, uh, Dr. Fisher. And with regard to measuring carbon emissions. Do you have any examples of systems of certification or accreditation 
that are emerging or being used in your region and whether telemedicine is part of these systems. Thank you, Ed. Indeed, the measurement of carbon emission, especially in the context of healthcare, has been growing traction in our region. A few noteworthy initiatives have emerged in recent years. You have, like every country, the National Carbon Emission Monitoring, which is uh, Egypt as part of the commitment to global sustainability agreement, have made strides in monitoring carbon emission across sectors. This includes healthcare, of course. While telemedicine per se hasn't been isolated as a separate entity, its impact is indirectly reflected in the reduced emission of the healthcare sector. You have the Green Hospital Certificate. Many hospitals in Egypt are pushing for Green Hospital Certification, which entails a comprehensive assessment of their environmental footprint, including waste management, energy consumption, and transportation. Telemedicine as a component that reduce patient and sometimes staff transportation needs play a role in this certificate. We have an organization in Egypt called GAHAR, General Authority for Health Accreditation and Regulator, which is the Egypt Health Accreditation Body that published its first Green Health Care Facility Certificate, GHF standard in 2022. There are three Egyptian hospitals that have received the GHF accreditation. The Sharm el-Sheikh Hospital, which is the first Egyptian hospital to be certified as a green hospital. This happened during COP27, and COP27 was held in Sharm el-Sheikh in 2022, followed by two others hospitals, one in the Pediatric Oncology Research Center in Cairo and another one in, in South of Egypt. We have the medical informatics and sustainability. As a professor of health informatics, I have seen growing interest in incorporating sustainability metrics into health informatics courses and research. These include evaluating the impact of digital health solutions, like telemedicine, on the carbon footprint. Some universities and research institutions are collaborating with international bodies to create standardized matrix and certification for digital health solutions with an emphasis on their environmental impact. We have collaboration with tech companies, several tech companies that offer telemedicine platform in the region, like Teladoc, for example, are also promoting the role in sustainability. Some are pursuing certification or accreditation that highlight the carbon saving benefit of their solution, pushing telemedicine to the forefront of the sustainability conversation. You have also public awareness and campaign, and you also have the Geneva Sustainability Center, which is doing a great job in our part of the world. We have one of Egypt's major private hospitals, the Saudi German Hospital, is already a partner of the Geneva Sustainability Center, and they are doing a great job in reducing the carbon emission footprint of this big group of hospitals that are working in Egypt and Saudi Arabia. While the formal integration of telemedicine into carbon emission certificate system is still in its nascent stages, the understanding of its pivotal role in, uh, is undeniably growing. It is only a matter of time before we see more standardized and widespread systems that specifically account for the carbon saving benefit of telemedicine. Thank you, Dr. Hashaman. That's a beautiful segue to the Geneva Sustainability Center which has developed a sustainability accelerator tool allowing healthcare organizations and systems to determine their maturity level on their sustainability journey. Sonia, 
Could you please tell us a little more about this and how telemedicine is captured in this framework? Thank you. And thank you for your kind words, Dr. Hesham. We're, we're delighted to be working with a number of hospitals and health systems around the world in actually developing this accelerator tool. And the idea really is that we know, as we've been discussing, actually, that sustainability is a journey. It's not something that you just do as a tick list, you know, checklist once and then it's done. This is something where we're all learning all the time how we can keep improving and keep decarbonizing. So the concept of the accelerator tool is that it's a first a maturity diagnostic for hospitals on environmental impact, including carbon emissions, but other use of resources as well and uh, resilience and low carbon care pathways. But it also includes aspects around health and well-being and equity, making sure that we're addressing the vulnerabilities in communities. And then a third domain relates to leadership and governance and, and engagement with staff, but also collaboration with communities and other organizations to make this important transition. So the way the um, telemedicine shows up in this accelerator tool is multiple. One is that um, we've very much earmarked a component looking at low carbon care, because we believe that it's not going to be just a question of you know, reducing the carbon footprint of the buildings and travel is going to be also about really looking in depth at how we deliver care. So it's captured there and it will also be captured in some of the indicators around energy use, carbon, travel. But we've included one that's around the percentage of virtual consultations compared to face-to-face -face ones as a means of trying to start shifting the dial. We would love to have some more indicators in this space that are globally relevant and that's a challenge so hopefully we can refine it further at the moment we've got sort of 20 what we call core indicators which we hope that everybody will be wanting to use so that we can allow benchmarking around the globe but there's another set of indicators underneath that are much more specific for any organization or hospital that says okay we'd like to focus in on this particular aspect of low carbon care there will be some more indicators there. So if any of you have got ideas around how to help us improve that, we'd love to hear from you. Thank you. Thank you. And there's a call to arms if ever there was one. I've really enjoyed today's discussion and have learned a lot. Every day is a school day. Every day is a school day in healthcare. But, uh, <laughs> but any last words for our listeners, Dr. Hisham or Sonia? Thank you very much for having me. It's a, I also enjoyed this discussion very much, and I think it's a long pathway. I think we, we are starting something which is uh, really need a worldwide cooperation and cooperation between uh, international companies like Teladoc and uh, the National Hospital Federation and uh, the Geneva Sustainability Center. This is uh, very important because these are all new frontiers and we are all learning from each other, but I am confident that, that with time and the dedication, we will uh, we'll succeed in this event. We don't have an option. We have to succeed. And uh, we have to leave Earth to our children in a better place to live, uh, uh, I hope. Thank you. Yes, and I would just like to add that we've got a World Hospital Congress coming up in Lisbon where you know, both the telemedicine and sustainability are going to be core themes throughout. So do come and join us there. There's going to be a lot of opportunity to explore some of these topics in, in a lot more detail and also to to get a sense of how, you know, there is a real movement growing towards delivering better quality healthcare, more sustainable healthcare, more resilient healthcare. 
and it'd be great if you'd like to join us. Thank you. Yeah, well, looking forward to see you all in Lisbon. Yeah, that's going to be an interesting summit. Looking forward to it. Completely agree. We've barely scratched the surface of what is going to be undoubtedly one of the major themes in global healthcare over the next decade as we seek to improve care and reduce the carbon footprint of this industry that we're all so passionate about. So thank you again to the audience for joining us today. We will be at the World Hospital Congress in Lisbon and look forward to continuing our discussions with you all. Thank you very much for listening to us today. Thank you so much for listening. For more information on the International Hospital Federation's Special Interest Group on Telehealth, as well as the Geneva Sustainability Center, please visit www.ihf-fih.org. Goodbye!